0: So no, no clever intro, no funny, no funny that, bits? That's not that, that I could think of right now. Okay. Um,
1: then why don't we just start? All yeah. right, hey, welcome back, everyone, to Out of the Main, Yacht Rock podcast. We are going, we should not say where no man has gone before, because the two of us are both men, and we've gone here before. We have. That is a solo flight. A solo mission. Nice. But a, t- a different take on it. So, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago, we did a, an episode on the best guitar solos of Yacht Rock. Mm-hmm. And today we are doing best solos of Yacht Rock, not guitar-related. Yeah, so before we start, I kind of wanted to do a quick uh, catch-up,
0: uh, maybe something we do from time to time. What you, uh, anything new that you're like, I mean, we're, we're constantly on discovery for Yacht mm-hmm. Rock, whether it's new stuff, old stuff, or just you go get into a wave where you're diving into somebody's catalogs. So that got was anything like 10 like punts
1: in a row. You're getting into a wave where you're diving in. <laughs> Wait.
0: Wow. Yeah. Man, just i, mean, check. I have to cool off that bell.
1: Does it still work? Test it. Yeah. That still works. All right, mm-hmm. good. Yes, good, so, so continue.
0: Anyway, what are you up to? What are you listening to these days?
1: Well, I, I think I mentioned it last week. Um, I'm still listening to that Terrence Boylan record, mm. which we brought up during the Fool's Gold episode, and just because it's it's got such a cool, chill vibe to it, it's, like, addictive. Like, the first time yeah. I went through it, it was, like, decent, and then I listened to it again, It's was like, ooh, this is good, and now it's, like, really under my skin. So yeah, it's
0: not something where you go, where's the, where's the hooks, and they just start exploding in your ears. Right, it's exactly. It's a different kind of yeah.
1: slow brew. How about you? What's on your turntable? Uh,
0: Well, it's not on a turntable, but it is on Spotify. Um, Member of our um, group, actually, Christian Gratz. Hmm. He's been listening to his record. Uh, He put out 1981, and it's um, definitely a period record. But anyway, the reason I've been listening to it a lot is because he and I have been kind of talking via Messenger, about uh, possibly doing a tune together.
1: Ooh, we, collab, we about, as the yes, kids collabing
0: say? Collabbing on something for just some quick summer anthem thing. We're, we're starting on it this week,
1: and we'll see if it uh, bears any fruit. And you're asking, do I want to sing it? And the answer to that is yes. Yes. Thank you. Okay. You're so on. just to clarify, the album is called 1981. It was not released in 1981.
0: That's right, but it sounds like 1981. Sure kind does. of the way the Page 99 thing was I guess sort of 76 to 80 was kind of the target years Uh I was going for. He went right
1: into 1981 and uh, nailed it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, the last thing, I don't want to spend all our time on this, but it is also a segue from the Fools episode, that um, Ellie Brooks' Mm -hmm. record um, Mm -hmm. that I think is maybe, it's mostly if not all covers, Uh, Pearls. Mm Mm-hmm. Man, that is a good record it's too. It's fun. So yeah. been stuck on that one. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, moving along. Let's move. All right. So what we have is our list, a compilation of our favorite solos, non guitar related. Right. You have yours in a top ten, correct? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So you're gonna count down from ten to one. Yes. That would make sense. And I'm mine are more arranged thematically. So Okay, so I have to see if I can pick up on the theme. Yes. Okay. Once again we're on opposite pages. Um, yeah. interesting. <laughs> so, this is true. Some have said you should prepare for these podcasts, and we say ha. Ah, yes. That's for quitters. Alright, well, I'm just going to start then because I'm just going to lay some ground. I want to okay. pick up where we left off with the guitar soul. Right. I started the last episode by airing a beef um, with the fact that Steve Lukather is not among the typically renowned guitar heroes. Right. right? And he should be. And so we started with Rosanna. But we would be remiss if we did a an episode on solos that were not guitar related, and we overlooked the segment of that song leading into the guitar solo, which is this massive like synth going a left, right ear, mm-hmm. different sounds, different patches. You said Percaro, in this case Steve Picaro. Did he right. play all of that? Yeah, right. And he programmed it all, and he, I guess he was very fastidious. But yeah. it's a ama- it's an amazing listen, and sometimes you forget about it because you're getting ready for the guitar solo. But I want to play a little of that.
0: Yeah, in those days, the programming of synthesizers was a laborious process. It was patch cords. It was dials. It wasn't like you could save presets. Maybe by then you could, but some of the stuff that he was using was, you know, the just Those things you look at, and you like, there's so many knobs and so many cables hanging out of it that it looks like something out of a, you know, extraterrestrial movie or something. So don't just get hooked into the notes. You got to understand the amount of work he put into programming and creating those sounds.
1: That said, the playing, like 20 years later, you may have used a sequencer to play this perfectly, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. let the computer get all the notes right. They did it by their hand, and that was, that's some amazing stuff. Yeah, I had a mention of that in my list as sort of one of the, Honorable mentions, just because
0: I didn't want to skip over it, because there's that one, there's the what he does on Africa, mm. and then later on, Pamela is another one where they yeah. revisit that same kind of mode of what they did on Rosanna. But again, it's Steve did great stuff. Yep. yep. So that's my favorite synth solo right. of the genre. What do you got at number 10? Number 10 for me is more it's the uniqueness of the solo than the actual technical playing of it. Uh, I just think it's such an interesting, refreshing thing at the end of uh, Little River Band's Reminiscent hmm. when the flugelhorn comes in for the outro fade. Yes. That's so cool. I used to think it was trumpet, but I looked it up and it's credited as flugelhorn.
1: It's funny because I've overlooked that almost the entire time I've listened to that yeah. song. Cool. Yeah, it is very cool. It sounds like trumpet to me as well, but that was not Chuck Mangione on the flugelhorn. I'm assuming.
0: No, it was, uh I me mean, look at my notes here. That was a guy named Bob Veneer, and I'd huh, not a name that didn't link out to anything special, but it was, here you go, here's a tie-in. It was produced by Little River Band and John Boylan. Ah. So Terrence
1: Boylan's older brother, I think. Interesting. Okay. Well, cool. I'm going to move to uh, a very famous um, yacht rock song that almost advanced to the finals mm. of the tournament and that's Jojo oh yeah and I just love the saxophone solo which if you haven't paid attention to that pay attention to it again right here mm-hmm. played by Adrian Tapia I expected it to be someone famous that we all knew. Right. But that's the first time I've seen that name. So.
0: Interesting. Yeah, no, I don't know the name either. It's a good Ooh. little solo. Well, needless to say, I have a few uh, sax solos on my list. Though, I, I you know, I probably could have filled this entire list with Ernie Watts. I was thinking <laughs> you know? the same. But I did pick an Ernie Watts solo from a Mark Jordan record. And the reason I find that interesting is that, um, well, Jay Graydon was producing, and Jay Graydon is such a fabulous soloist. Of, him, of himself. He could have played solos on every tune, but he didn't. He used other instruments in the mix. And mm-hmm. this Tyner Sachs solo, uh, Ernie Watts from Beautiful People. <laughs>
1: That's nice. Yeah. That's really nice. Um, yeah, I, too, could have had saxholes all up and down. I bet sure. you I could have done a whole list of Ernie Watts saxols. I know. <laughs> which, as we've discovered more and more, he is way more prolific than we probably knew.
0: Yeah, that's where I thought you were going when you were saying about the, the Lukather thing being omitted from the greats. You know, I thought you were going to go to Ernie Watts, saying his voice, well, his name never comes up when they talk about the greats, but... Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Because
1: I think when we did our... Um, created our super group remember very early on one yeah. of our episodes yeah. I think we both universally picked David Sanborn uh-huh. as the sax soloist I would now today I would change that and it would be Ernie Watts mm. I would have a tough call on that it's a tough call but let's yeah. go to Ernie Watts the uh, Christopher Cross Okay, Arthur's theme let's mm. do this solo <laughs> I love the way what he does is he, he leads with the like the take on the melody line, mm-hmm. and then he kind of riffs from there. He's really got good. such a, a tone, man, especially on the alto, man. He really makes it sing. He does. Man. And if, uh, remember, I happened to find out that he did the sax in the Night Court theme song? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yes. He was a busy We still little... got to dig that one out. Yes. Yes, <laughs> we do. Um uh, that's foreshadowing. Yes. A little busy bee he was. So, mm. okay. So we covered. I skipped ahead on my list, by the way. Ernie Watts That's a little okay. Bit it's later, his, uh, yours aren't in any order. Uh, well, These are just I, randomly now that I put look together. At it, I'm going to actually steal your spot and okay. go because my next one was actually Mark Jordan. So I could have segued right. that way, too. All right. Um, exile. Yep. Th- is that on your that list? That was my next one, too. Oh, <laughs> that's crazy. Well, yes. talk a little bit about this. So, um,. It's the last song on the Blue Desert record, yep. right? Mm-hmm. It's got this uh, almost got a I get by with a little help from my friends kind of anthem vibe to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the harmonica,
0: so yeah. AKA the harp, is how it's credited. This is credited by Ben Benny. <laughs> yes. Did you know anything about <laughs> no, it? No, no idea who that is.
1: But he has got some outro stuff going, yeah. but there's some just mad harp in the song. It's, yeah. it's bluesy and it's delicious. Here Check it, is. it. Yeah, let's hit that.
0: If you're anything. And again, Jay Graydon could have been playing guitar, and yet he's chosen to use Bernie Watts on sax. He's cho- chosen to use Ben Benny
1: yep. on harp. You know. Harmonica is not a frequently soloed uh, instrument in this show. Is it the only yacht rock solo on harmonica, maybe? I can I don't think know. of, yeah.
0: Hmm. hmm. That's a good question. I mean, it, I guess it depends on how you're willing to stretch the boundaries. Is but the that- Sanford
1: some theme of <laughs> <yacht> rock? <laughs> I hope not. Okay. Well, all right. Well, we both kind of went, but yep. I'll get—I'll go back to you. All right. Well, what uh, number are
0: we on in your list? Uh, let's see: ten, nine, eight, seven. I didn't number them, but they're in order. So, number seven. This is uh, again not as much about the solo as much as about everything that was going on in this solo section. And we actually uh, interviewed Firefall, if ah. you remember, and I told them what I thought about this section of Strange Way. And, I, you know, what was so interesting about that is not just the flute solo, but then the heavy percussion comes in, the way they ramp up the tempo for it. Mm-hmm. And it breaks into this uh, you know, bassa rhythm in the bass and uh, eventually dies back down into the original tempo for the big uh, yep. out choruses, but uh, David Muse was their uh, expert wood player, yep. if you recall.
1: Yep, he would play flute like he did in that song, yep. some sax, mm-hmm. um, and I remember Jock telling the story that when they were playing that song live, it was such a hit, like that was the yep. moment in the concert. The high point of the show. And they would let that tune go on for 10 minutes yeah. and just rock yeah. it out. Who would have thought a Cloutist would be able to rock an arena the way <laughs> he did? It's a great solo, though, but it, you know, there's more to it than just that. It's so good. Yeah, well, it's the combination of the percussion. And right. I don't know on the record if the drummer, who I think is Michael Clark, if he Yeah, it doesn't say. Yeah. It really doesn't
0: credit as percussion. It just says
1: drums, hmm. so I don't know. Yep, well, I had that on my list as well. Oh, we're good. starting to see more o- overlap, which I predicted because once you get out of guitar solos and sax solos, there's not a whole lot to pick from. So I bet we'll yeah. have some more overlap, including... Um, I'd be surprised if this is not high on your list, so let me steal it. Okay. Um, actually, I'll, come, I'll wait to steal that. In case <laughs> of, instead, I'll go to uh, Steely Dan. Okay. Black Cow. hmm And what I love about this is it's a chill... I had to have an E. Rhodes solo, right? Yep. And I wasn't going for the most histrionic. I guess I could have figured out which one was, but this is Victor Feldman plays this. Yes. And it's just so chill. It's what we said about this album and about just Steely Dan in, in general, and that's, as you listen to the solo, listen to how he's not trying to rip your face off. He's just kind of in a mood. He's kind of tinkering around. You could almost see him playing it in a lounge in the corner because he's just kind of tinkering around and this is cool here and he's yep. a nice cool a cigarette sitting cigarette on the, uh, the ashtray on the top yeah. yeah and you might hear something like this yeah,
0: yeah victor feldman what a cool uh, guy he must have been to be around because all the different stuff you played. Which, it's funny, you led me perfectly into my next one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is not Steely Dan, but it is Victor Feldman. Oh, my gosh. And I kind of had it somewhat tied in a way to the Firefall's Strange Way ending. Mm. But the um, ending of Dane Donahue's Casablanca, the tempo slightly speeds up at the end, and Victor Feldman kicks in with this killer vibe solo to set up the ending guitar solo, but it's the vibe solo before that sets it up. So here is Victor Feldman on Vibes now.
1: Yeah, that is cool. I mean... I guess piano and keyboards is technically a percussion instrument, right? And so, Victor's so. got this feel. His rhythm is so cool. Yeah, you know. But that's a good good tune. Well, mm. I think it's over to me. I'm I might let you talk about this one more because okay. you know more about it and how to explain it. But um, I'm staying on the Steely Dan and I'm staying on the Asia album. Okay. And I don't know how we could do a whole uh, show about solos. And not talk about the solo in Asia, which is at the same time, I think a drum solo by Steve Gadd and a sax solo by Wayne Shorter and the band continues to play on.
0: Was that the one you thought you were gonna steal from me? Yes. I actually somehow completely oh, forgot that one. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I am man, that that's a great call though, because it should it be is. High and it's Wayne warm. Shorter and Steve Gadd at the same time, as yeah. well as like you say, the band continues on with them. Yep. Great pick!
1: Wow. So, as you recall, Wayne Shorter was like more of a classic jazz, like a cool jazz era saxophonist, right? Yeah. And they pull him out of that era into yacht rock, and it just totally works.
0: And he, well, he just said, "Well, I, you know, was wasn't sure what the call was going to be like, so I just decided, made up my mind before I got there that when I show up, I'm going to do me." Yeah. Which is always the right call, I guess. You know, and that's why you got the call. But I can understand why he's thinking, "Well, why is a rock band calling me?" Right. Exactly. Well, we found out. Well. You did not duplicate me there. Hmm. But um, my next one is, yeah, it's another Ernie Watts one. But here's what's interesting. We actually featured this song in the guitar solo, so I kind of went back to it. The middle solo in this song was Steve Lukather. This is England Dan, John Ford Coley's Caught in the Middle, if you remember that one. And the outro solo, though, is Ernie Watts on tenor sax. And what is interesting about it beyond it being Ernie Watts is that it's not for a fade out they play out all the way to the end and then there's a nice cool gentle ending the whole thing resolves. Check it out. such incredible control when he gets up there in the high register, nice. yet yeah, it's a gentle
1: solo he's playing. It's like, man, how does he not squat that? Yeah. Yeah. Right, he can scream, he can be gentle, and then at yeah. the very end, he can Though play as many hyper. notes as you want him to you know. play okay. yeah, in a short period. So. Ernie. Mm-mm. No, no. All right. uh, Ernie. Cool, yes, Ernie Watts. Yeah, probably. All right. Uh, Mount Rushmore bound Ernie Watts. Yeah, Let's see here. Let's. I'm going to Shift gears here, and I again. Yeah, this my entire list might not be like the dogmatically approved yacht rock genre. So, like for example, Spyrogyra, right? I think they're eight. certainly yacht jazz. Yeah, for sure. But just because of the feels, I think I started to go looking for other instruments. Like when I found the harp and uh, exile, what are the other instruments that could f- possibly be featured besides right. saxophone? Mm-hmm. And then I went to Morning Dance. And you could have your pick First of all You could have chosen The sax solo As a great Mm -hmm, solo mm -hmm. But let's move past that And uh, let's go to Dave Samuels Who was playing Marimba And steel drums In Mm. some solo sections And then into a little Road solo
0: Yeah, yeah, the yeah. early version of the road like a Mach 1 version. But yes. yeah, I contend that that is the yachtiest of all the instrumentals. I know we talk about Rise and Feels So Good, but I'm going to put that one hmm. as the ultimate Yachty instrumental. Okay, we'll put a pin in that. Yes. we might be we coming might have back, come back to that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have a feeling. See, I am just I am all about creating uh, content yep, for the future. Yep. Just one quick thing on that. Sure. People have already listened to it, but go back and listen to it again because there is like some very cool jazzy phrasings in that solo. It's not just the island vibe. Like this, no, some it's of that stuff he does is very right. really jazzy. It's cool.
0: All right, uh, I am going to move on to. I guess this is my number four on my list, and uh, you mentioned Steely Dan, and this is Donald Fagan. And on Ruby Baby, mm. we got Detroit's own Greg Gaines on the piano solo. Oh. Now, check this out. He just, the way that he allows the space for it to build, it's got a very much a blues, gospel vibe, but he builds the solo over time.
1: Nice. Yeah. Did you say it was constructed like a jazz solo kind of where it builds? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, that's going to be my segue because I agree with that. That was very cool. Um, I'm going back to instrumentals. Okay. So another one. It's not feel so good, but it is Chuck Mangione. Mm. And I want to talk a little bit before we play the solo uh, about Give It All You Got. Mm-hmm. So it was a common jazz convention, as you know, Um to lead with what's called the head, right? right. So a jazz a, a jazz song was constructed roughly like this, usually. It was the head, which is like a melodic, singable, memorable theme. Mm-hmm. And then um, you would establish that at the beginning. Then you'd go around the horn, and everyone would get a chance to solo, right? And so you'd do all the solos, and at the end, you'd come back, and you'd hit the head again, right. and that's how the song would end. Right. And then the song was so long, you had to go hit the head.
0: Yeah, for sure. right. right. Unless so, it was a Miles Davis uh, head, because they were sort of like three notes long. It's like,
1: boom, boom, yeah, boom, go. Yeah, exactly. Solo. He wanted to get to the solo <laughs> section right away. Um, but so that's how the song is constructed. And so what's cool about this is it starts with the flugelhorn. Mm-hmm. And I actually went to the song looking for a flugelhorn solo, thinking there's got to be a great Chuck bangioni solo out there. So it kicks off. I'm going to make you do some extra engineering. So here's the, uh, here's the head with the flugelhorn. Flugelhorn. Second time through the head, so they go through the head again, but this time it's with the saxophonist, Chris Videla, Videla? Vidala. Vidala. Mm-hmm. So now here's him playing the head. And as you're listening to that, then we fast forward to the third time through the head. It's those two doing it in harmony. Right. Which I think is cool. Then we get to the solo section. And I remembered something. First of all, I'm waiting for the flugelhorn to come. But before that, Chris Vidala says, pardon the interruption, but check out this. And so I'm going to have you check out this. (laughs) And I was reminded of I I can't remember if you said live or just in general that it was it was customary for Chuck Mangione to kind of let his cats have the limelight and yeah. he would take a solo here or there but really he was letting all the other guys go and that's kind of what you get in this solo it's like they're they're featuring the sax
0: yes yeah. He uh, would always introduce the players, and we got around to Chris Vidalos, And Chris
1: Vidala on everything. That's right. I should know <laughs> how to pronounce the name. Yeah. The, yeah, exactly. And then our good friend, our guitar player, what's his name? Grant Geisman. He's got a little solo on that song as well. Right. So Can't play it, though, because we're not doing guitars. We're not doing guitar solo, so Jeez. just play the saxo It's a pretty cool solo, yeah. too. What, very well done. All right, what's next on your list? I have uh, sort of a tie-in.
0: We had uh, Greg Filling Gaines on piano on the last one. Mm-hmm. Well, we have another piano solo, and it is Steely Dan-related because it is Steely Dan. Ah. Uh, the song Sign In Stranger off the Royal Scam, and this is a piano player, Paul Griffin. He was like a session guy, kind of late 60s through the 70s, a lot of adult contemporary stuff. Mm-hmm. But they brought him in to play this uh, solo on "Signin' uh, Sign In Stranger. <laughs> So whereas the, uh, the gaines one was more gospel, this to me this sounds like New Orleans
1: gumbo. Yeah. You know, that's cool. Shoot. You know what? You ruined it. I, you beat me, I should say. Oh. Because I was thinking, all right, there's, I wanted to find another instrument. I'm like, all right, what's, what, what is the like, iconic piano solo yeah. of the genre? And I didn't, first of all, I don't remember that song that well. Um, should have known the other one with Craig and Gaines, but it didn't come to me. I did think of, though, a Yacht Shocker, Elton John. Mm. Because I, I was trying to think of piano players from the era. His, yeah, mind, you right. know, his name came to mind, and then I remembered we included him as a Yacht Shocker. So um, listen to a little bit of his piano work in Give Me the Love. So it's typical Elton John. you what you'd expect, but it's good, man, because obviously he could play piano, and that's the song I came up with. And it was a Yacht Shocker. Yacht Shocker. Yeah, yeah. that was surprising. Uh, back to where are we on your list again? What number? I'm up to number two, Ooh. and I'm
0: shocked that you haven't stole this one yet, hmm. because this one comes from uh, the champion, the crowned champion of the Page 99 Invitational. This is Bill LeBounty's Living It Up, oh. and I want to point to the outro solo by David Sanborn and the interesting thing is that the song ends and there's about a 30 second gap of just groove and then suddenly out of nowhere David Sanborn starts to peek out you know, he He's not even in the song earlier right so you're thinking radio would have this song faded long before yet here comes Sanborn for like the final two minutes of the song it's oh, crazy yeah let's check it, it out that.
1: Diller. that's why living it up was the champion right yeah. there well not just there but well, like you said the song starts to like dissemble and you're like okay it's kind of over and yeah. then like the cat who was late to the session shows up it's like hey don't forget about this yeah and then you're like wait okay hold on
0: and then it the the plays song a little bit again. more. And you're like, wait a minute. Is he going to play or is he not? Yeah. And then finally he does. <laughs> right. And then it gets Bill About
1: I'll fight, like, him. I'm going to sing some more. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, I did not know that was David Sanborn. I need to check my session notes more. But uh, it does provide a good segue because I am okay. going to go to um, – let Me Love You Tonight by Pure Prairie League. Mm. And of course, David Sanborn has his fingerprints all over this yeah. song right from the get-go. And then of course has an awesome solo. And what I the reason I picked this one, you could have picked any of them because he's got such a distinctive sound. But he just captures this like alto sax screaming vibe that obviously he went on to maybe even overdo later in the 80s. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just such a distinctive sound. It's a little different than Ernie Watts. And so here's uh David Sanborn on a different tune, similar style.
0: That's what would make it so difficult to pick between him and Ernie Watts—is that they're so different. Yeah, it's not
1: <laughs> right.
0: You're you're committed to one direction or another if you'd make that call. That's that, true. That's yeah. David Sanborn, man, he's the best. Yeah. Um, my question for you on number one, as I progress to the top of my list, mm-hmm. would you count scatting as a solo <laughs> other than guitar? Uh, I probably wouldn't, but I will allow okay, it. Okay, you're going to allow it. All right. Well, then. Um, I'm going to play you a scat solo from none other than, of course, Al Jarreau. Okay. Uh, and what's cool here is not just the scatting, but it's perfectly in sync with the horn lines. And I'm not sure which one was uh, done first—whether he scatted the solo or they scored to it, or whether Jerry Hay had scored these horn parts and Al Jarreau went and scatted along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but love this. Here we go.
1: Alright, I gotta allow it now. I mean, yeah, that, that's really it. cool. Like you said, there's a little beatbox there going yeah. on. and then some scatting. The muted horns and, and the like, oh, I don't know man. how he does that. It's killer. All right, was that your number one? That was my number one. All right, well, I've got a few more on my list, so how are we going to— You have some that— Yeah, i got a couple honorable mentions. One of them was the Toto thing, which we've already covered. Okay. Well, then I'll hit uh, my—I guess this is my number one by default, but it's just the last one I had on the list before the other brush I want to clear away. And that's just sticking with the David Sanborn theme and talking about the screaming sax solo. And I just want to go to one of the uh, standards of the genre, and that is Kenny Loggins' Heart to Heart. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I had that on my list too, only because it just, that, as high as that song is on the list of the canon of Yacht Rock, I thought that, not too obvious, but almost too obvious, so um,
1: almost spoke for itself now, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) But because it was so obvious, I tend to like, overlook it or discard it. So you should, because it's great work, Right. right? right? All right, well, there's just a couple others I wanted to mention. Um I'll do one and then I'll hand it over to you. And then I got one final one before we get to the lightning round. Okay. So I mentioned that I went looking for other instruments to feature, you know, like what what other instruments? Interestingly, we have not had a drum solo in, I don't know, are there I any famous not. drum solos other I than that Steve Gadd solo that we, yeah, solo Gad that Gad that we that's talked about? It. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But what about the sopranino recorder? No idea what that even is. I, I think that's a soprano recorder. Okay. Uh, you might recognize it if you play a little I Believe in Love by Kenny Loggins.
0: Oh, yeah. Remember that? Uh, yeah, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that's what it was. I figured it was just yeah, piccolo like, or something. That's what know. I
1: thought, too. But I, so I had to look it up. I'm like, what what is he playing there? But it's very prominent in the intro, and then there's a decent little solo kind of early on in that song. What else you got on yours? Uh, a couple of quick mentions.
0: Again, it's... Uh, I guess it's more Ernie Watts, though. So uh, I really love the sax solo on Manhattan Transfers Mystery. Mm. And then um, on our Yacht AC radio show, I think is where I brought this song up. Captain Intenille, No Love in the Morning. Yep. Again, has another great Ernie Watts sax solo. And the last one I have, um, this was not by Somebody Famous, was not Ernie Watts, though. it sounds like Ernie Watts playing when you hear it. But uh, Gino Vanelli's I Just Want to Stop has a really nice sax solo as well.
1: All right, well, my last two quick hitters. One is I had to share with you only because I ended up getting it off my list, but I found some interesting things along the way. So I, I contemplated bringing in the, what I thought was a fiddle solo from uh, Blackwater by Doobie Brothers. Okay. Eliminated it just because sonically it's probably not Yacht Rock. Yeah. Um, but do you know anything about who played? It was actually Viola on that song? No. So it's a woman by the name of Novi Novog. Famous viola player. Listen to her session work. All right, so Doobie okay. Brothers, yeah, uh, played with Carly Simon, uh, Tom Johnson, Sheila E. on the Glamorous Life, hmm. um, The Time, Prince and the Revolution, Jennifer Warren's Ten Thousand Maniacs, Bonnie Raitt, Christopher Cross on Rendezvous in nineteen ninety three. Wow. Uh, Lauren Wood, Scott Weiland, who I'm assuming oh is the guy from Stone Temple Pilots, it's gotta right? Be. Yep. yep. Um, Marianne Faithfull, Michael Jackson on the Invincible record in 2001, Frank okay. Zappa, wow. and Valerie Carter. <laughs> so, talk about an accomplished Whew. violaist. So the only thing missing from that is
0: playing for Poison, I guess.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we used that uh, last episode. So that was interesting. And then also, this of course needs citation on uh, Wikipedia, but you, you know the opening chimes of that song? So this is the best chime solo ever, right? Supposedly, Going back to Blackwater. Oh, going back to Blackwater. Okay. Yeah, you had to look on your face. <laughs> that like, song. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the opening chimes. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a great solo performed by supposedly Arlo Guthrie. <laughs> you needed <laughs> Arlo
0: Guthrie to rub his hands across some chimes? <laughs> I love it on Wikipedia. It's okay. like,
1: citation needed. Come yeah, on. I bet. I don't believe I'll this. bet they do. All right, and then the last thing, just to bring everything back full circle, I wanted to talk to you about the Terrence Boylan record, the song Hey Papa. Yeah. Uh, I had to find out who this sax soloist was because it sounded to me, and I knew it wasn't because it was the wrong era, but a guy that plays like Stan Getz. Oh. Stan Staggs maybe could have still been playing. He was still playing into the late '80s. Mm-hmm. Yep. This was '78 or something mm-hmm. with that mm-hmm. record. Um, yeah, because he played on um, "Small World" for Huey Lewis. Right, Lewis, yeah. right. exactly. Um, but also, like, is this breathy kind of like Paul Desmond, who was yeah. the saxophone player for, t- uh, for Dave Brubeck? Right. Um, but can you play a little of this because it's a cool little vibe? It's Terrence Boylan's "Hey Papa."
0: Yeah, first time I heard that was I was out walking, had my earbuds in, and it came up. I think I was listening to Mark Jordan Radio on Spotify or something. And this was part of my discovery of uh, who Terrence Boylan was at the time. And th- that song played, and the sax came out. I thought, man, that it's got kind of a sonically weird thing going on. Like I could almost hear the spit on the reed. It's like they mic'd it at his mouth or something. It's yeah. it's, a, it's an interesting sound. But I'm not. It's
1: to me, I don't it sounds quite know like make of it. Smoky Jazz Club. It's like when you can hear the maybe breath that's what coming they were going the for. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, it's again, it's a totally different sound than Ernie Watts is. or David Sanborn, but I love that style. Uh, all right. Well, should we move on to the lightning round? Let's do it. Is your lightning round theme appropriate? No. Well, mine is, so there. Well, then you should start. All right. Well, I'm going to start with, I take that back. Part of my lightning round is theme appropriate. Okay. Backtracking? Yes, Good. I am backtracking, but here is a track from back in the day. Nice. Uh, does this float your boat... um Think about it for a half second because I think your gut's going to say no. Um, maybe you can even play a little of it for yourself. But, yeah. Uh, Carly Simon in Marvin Hamlish, Nobody Does It Better from the James Bond. Nobody does it better Makes me feel safe for the rest Your gut tells you no right away.
0: Yeah, my gut tells me no. I, I think... Upon analysis, it tells me no, but not as clear and decisive as I thought. I, you know, especially as it goes on. I yeah. guess the thing is that they, there's so much of the high end swoony string orchestration yep. in there, and it's so much a classic AC ballad. I would put it in my yacht AC
1: yep. area. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a cool, that's an interesting one to ponder. Regardless, sure. it's a good tune. And it was, I agree with everything you said, so I would say probably not. Uh, floating my boat But it was close enough That I put it in my list Because I'm like eh, I, I can be in the mood for that Yeah Alright what do you got for Well mine is a similar boat? question Where I'm going to say Don't just automatically Go on your gut
0: Okay Because I know What that will probably say But I heard this um, The reason That you know It caught my attention Was because I would have thought The same thing I would have thought No right out of the gate Then I heard this On uh, Yacht Rock and Radio Our friends uh, You know mm-hmm. With uh, Hugh and the Contessa And I I normally would say there's probably nothing from Jackson Brown in my list, maybe somebody's baby, but this one's, at least in the moment, surprisingly uh, worked for me, and uh, tell me what you think of Dr. My Eyes.
1: Dr. My Eyes, tell me what you see, I hear their cries, just say, I I was more forgiving uh, than maybe you're allowing yourself to be. I when I came across that song about eight nine months ago, I immediately put it into my playlist. It is
0: 1972, oh, so it's way it, too early. Yeah,
1: hmm.
0: I, I only care what it sounds like. Yeah, so that's I, true. I'm not care about the dates. I only put that out there to say, well, maybe it's proto yacht or pre yacht, but does it sound like
1: it floats my boat enough yeah. to warrant an inclusion on the list? So. I am in the same place yep. right now. For yep. now, yep. for now, yep. you may change. All right. All right. Um, let's go to your. I have a buried treasure. Buried treasure. All right.
0: This is one I've been saving for a little while. It's very much a uh, David Foster influence, but this is good David Foster. Ooh. This good. is not like- evil David Foster. Uh, multiple chord changes in this song. It's right along the lines of like, after the love is gone, that's the way the world, which we discussed recently. Mm-hmm. It's from 1980 off of the Earth, Wind, and Fire Faces album, and this is called You.
1: Kissing Cousin to uh, After the Love is Gone. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Like those key changes at the end that you mentioned. That, yeah. So- How many keys do they go through And that? Let's chart <laughs> that out. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I am good potentially uh, leading with my chin here because I have a song that may be dismissed as so not yacht that it's not a buried treasure. But it is a buried treasure, and I will make the case Ooh. that it is yacht. All right. So you remember I brought in How to Keep the Music Playing with James Ingram? Is this going to be our official first make the case segment? This could be... Alright, uh, then I'm going to need to make uh, drop a sound effect all right here. First. I'm going to make the case. Alright. Make the case. Well, just the background is, you remember, the, I'm going to lead the witness here, but I uh, brought in How Do You Keep the Music Playing, James Ingram, right? Right. In uh, Patty Austin, and most of that song is just kind of a sappy love ballad, but it does get into a yachty area later on in the song, and that was, talk about kissing cousins, that was the descendant of a certified Yacht Rock song, which is uh, Baby Come, Come To Me. Right. all right. So this song is in that genre. Okay, It's very ballady. It came to me the other day. I just started singing it. I didn't hear it. I just sang it. And I'm like, what is that song? And then I remembered it. Sergio Mendes, Never Gonna Let You Go. i never gonna let you go. So do I need to make the case? You do not need to make the
0: case All right, on that's that got enough for y'all? Uh, oh, but yeah, that one, that's a, a definite yes for me. It's got all the bits. It yeah. may be uh, that it's ballot-oriented. That's probably its only checkmark against. Yes. But that, would, that doesn't keep it off for me. All right, so. well. Yeah, so that's the, the new segment we're working on. It's make the case. And the idea is if there's a song that you think is generally been disregarded as being yacht, and you think unfairly, or it's a song that's below 50 on the scale, and you think it was misrated, and you want to make the case. We're going to put out uh, some feelers to see if people want to present their song ideas to us, and uh,
1: if you feel like you want to make the case, we're going to give you the platform to do that. Yes. Work in progress. So, for example, I would have made the case that it's got that bass line, the doomed. Yeah, do do variation. Um, here's some personnel, which always helps you make the case. Yes. Uh, the bass is Nathan East. Drums, John Robinson. Guitar solo, Michael Landau. Oh, yes. And um, I got one other here for you. Paul Jackson Jr. is Oh, here? yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Um, but turns out I didn't need to make the case. No, so, you didn't. Female but- vocalist there is Lisa Miller. Don't nope. remember her much. No. Nope. Um, so, anyways, that's a great tune. So, man. new segment,
0: work in progress, and uh, we'll give out more details on that as we go.
1: Yep. Uh, all right. So
0: now we're into the uh, the final segment.
1: Yes, which is um, the uh, off the map. I'm going to go first. I want to make it clear that I'm not self promoting. And I'm not complaining when I say I get roped in with the Page 99 project a lot (laughs) on Facebook. I get tagged and I'm flattered. Yeah, you do. That's true. (laughs) Um, But I really had nothing to do with it. So, uh, But that's okay. I say all that because I am going to use a Page 99 song for Off the Map. Mm. And it goes back to what I said at the beginning, which was the synth solo in Rosanna. And if people recall, mm-hmm. you modeled that synth solo mm-hmm. after in, in a number of different ways after Rosanna's synth solo. You Want to explain any of that or just let it rip? Well, the idea was to do
0: just that. I created uh, like four different synth sounds and I was going to play portions of it in each. And as they overlapped, they were supposed to harmonize with each other mm-hmm. and build out this sort of orchestrated thing that was going to lead into the blazing rock guitar solo. So now it goes like this. <laughs>
1: Very Steve Carl Yes. I didn't realize you had all those patch cables still. I that know. That's yeah, a little easier now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good tune, though, and great work and great guitar solo, too, that was to follow.
0: All right. Yep. My off the map is, is one. I, I wouldn't be surprised. We have a listener, uh, Kyle. He knows who he is, obviously. Yep. I'm sure he answers to the name.
1: Most people know who themselves right. are. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But uh, he's the world's biggest Dr. Hook fan that I know, and he would probably want to make the case about any Dr. Hook song that he can get his hands on. So uh, I'm not making the case for this one, but I'm going to call this one off the map. But this is a Dr. Hook song that I had forgotten about because I'm used to hearing the the ones that you hear all the time. But this one, because it's a little mellower, it doesn't get played in the Yacht Rock circles as much. So it's off the map because it probably fits a little bit more in the adult contemporary area. But this is called... A little bit more. Tell me if you remember this one. When
1: your body's head enough of me and I've lived flat out.
0: So you don't really remember that one, huh? I do not. Well, it's no. 1976. Um, I was six. At the time. It, I thought it just feels like one of those songs that you haven't heard, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Wait, I do remember that one." Uh, yeah. So I, I think it's you know worth putting in there. It won't sink
1: the ship. So you know. <laughs> it will not sink the ship. That's good. All right. Well, that's a I think a wrap for today. Isn't I think it? that's it. Yep. Well, should we end this episode of Out of the Main, or simply just say Ahoy, Paloy? <laughs>